Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to get an update on federal and state veteran legislation. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mackey. On June 6, 1944, 155,000 Allied troops landed along a 50-mile stretch of the heavily fortified French coastline to fight Nazi forces on the beaches of Normandy, France. General Dwight D. Eisenhower called the operation a crusade in which we will accept nothing less than full victory. More than 5,000 ships and 13,000 aircraft supported the invasion, and by day's end, the Allies had gained a foothold in France. The cost of D-Day was enormous. More than 4,000 Allied troops were killed or wounded that day. Despite heavy losses, the Allies were able to begin their march across Europe to defeat Hitler. This D-Day, I will pause and reflect on what those service members sacrificed for our country on that fateful day. I am in awe of the great service of any generation. While the mans and pressures are different today than they were on D-Day, selfless service continues among the diversity of our service members. Thank you, General Mackey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. We have a special guest in the studio today is Congressman Tom Emmer, who was sworn in for his first term in the United States House of Representatives on January 6, 2015. He's currently serving his fourth term. He's also chairman of the National Republican uh, Congressional Committee uh, for the 117th Congress. He currently sits on the House Financial Services Committee. He's also a member of the Republican Deputy Whip Team, and the House Republican Steering Committee. Congressman Ember, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. As always, Tom, it's great to be back, and more importantly, it's great to uh, see an old friend. It's good to, uh, glad you're still doing the show. Well, 12 years later, Tom, we're still here, even though uh, you you did sit in that chair for a couple of years way back when. I did. So it should feel pretty comfortable being, in, being back in the studio again, uh, and we appreciate you stopping in. Um, this has been a, a crazy time the last couple of years. We've had a worldwide pandemic. Uh, now we've got a war between Russia and Ukraine. There's all kinds of things happened, and and through it all, uh, you were out in the out in the Congress fighting the good fight. How, what was it like out there through uh, all of these troubles? You know, it's uh, it's been an interesting time, as you say it. And I think you've got a choice. Uh, as human beings, we all have a choice. We can either look at it uh, from the standpoint or the perspective that the glass is half empty or we can look at it from a standpoint that the glass is half full. And for me, uh, the challenges are enormous. Uh, we uh, we got to start getting along again. We got to start talking to one another again. We got to start recognizing that uh, we are not enemies. We are friends who have different perspectives, but we all basically want the same things in this country. And I, I, I see hope, Tom. So you're asking me how it's been. It has not been good. Uh, the uh, the challenges, the uh, the vitriol uh, amongst party, amongst people uh, here at home, back in Washington D.C. Uh, at times, it's been uh, very difficult, right? Uh, people uh, take their politics into a very aggressive form nowadays. But there's some signs over the last month or two, despite the uh, what I believe is a tragedy in Ukraine. Uh, despite that, uh, despite other challenges around the globe, I have hope. I think uh, as we're moving forward, uh, you can't stop the clock. It's going to continue to move. Uh, we hopefully have hit that bottom where, you know, we all have to start looking at ourselves in the mirror and then looking at each other and saying, we're the solution together. 
so I, I, I have good, uh, I see good things coming, but if I didn't, I wouldn't be in Washington. Tom, I certainly hope you're right. And I recall from uh, one of your previous visits here that even though the it seems like the press picks up on all the fighting and all the arguments and all the disagreements, but you've told me in the past when it comes to certain issues like veterans' issues that both parties reach across the aisle and, and they try to do what's right and, and work together to, to do some things. Are you seeing that still? Yeah, most of the time there is no aisle when it comes to uh, issues that affect our military men and women, our veterans, those that have uh, not only made the sacrifice, but the families who have experienced the ultimate sacrifice, right? Uh, no, I, I, I think that has not changed. In fact, that, I believe, is getting stronger. And if you want me to complain about anybody, I'll complain about our press, but we can do that some other time. You know, they're selling papers, so they want a – it's, you know, we're from Minnesota – uh, nobody in Minnesota likes conflict, but boy, they sure like to peek at it when it happens. And <laughs> I think uh, that's kind of the way our papers do it. They're looking for the stories that show the most conflicts, show the most disagreement. Uh, when in fact, you know what? The Minnesota delegation, as an example in Washington, D.C., is probably one of the most cohesive uh, working groups uh, that there is in Washington, D.C., and especially on issues like the ones we're going to talk about today. We're speaking with Congressman Tom Emmer on Minnesota Military Radio. Congressman, I would think that uh, if uh, our elected officials can work together on veterans' issues, maybe they can find a way to work together on some other issues. And and I know when you mentioned the, the Minnesota elected officials, there are things that come up, such as the uh, uh, C-130s from the 133rd Airlift Wing, and I'm sure you've been involved in some of those discussions as well. Well, we all got together on that last year. They were going to try and shrink that uh, that group here in uh, in at the Air, Air Wing in St. Paul, and this is really important for tactical deployment of uh, not only equipment but personnel, right? Uh, so the entire delegation got together. I authored a letter, but it was more than that, right? Putting your name on a piece of paper is important, but all of us advocating together that uh, that was a bad decision, uh, it actually made a difference. They decided not to reduce it. Uh, Instead, that went to a different state and a different uh, air wing, uh, which I I think it's a great example of when Minnesotans, regardless of their political perspective, get together to get something done, it can happen. You all pull together and you all have your sphere of influences and, and you can bring other forces to bear. And it's, it's great to hear that uh, those things happen. When it comes to the veterans' issues that you've had to vote on over the last year or two, are there any of them that have stood out, any of them that have seemed more important to you? Well, I think every one of them is important. But, you know, before I came today, because I, I told you I brought some notes because there's so many things that we work on in this area. And I, I guess I took it from the perspective of which are the ones I'm most proud of it's the ones that we succeeded on, right? Uh, the uh, uh, Colonel John M. McHugh Tuition Fairness for Survivors Act, which provided VA education benefits, including tuition, housing, and book stipends to children or spouses of a uh, service member who's permanently disabled due to a service-connected disability or died while on active duty uh, prior to 9-11, or who dies in service, I'm sorry, who dies as the result of a service-connected disability, their survivors uh, can get these benefits, and that actually passed the House and the Senate and became law. Another one was the Protecting Moms uh, Who Served Act, which requires the VA to improve their coordination of maternity care. Another example of a bill that passed both the House, 
the Senate, by the way, with Democrats and Republicans and crossed the president's desk and became law. There's another one that you and I talked about very briefly before the show started. The Patient Advocate Tracker Act, which has already passed the House. Uh, This would allow veterans to better track any complaints they have uh, that they filed against the VA to make sure that those complaints are being uh, processed and addressed, right? Uh, that has passed the House, but uh, and I know be, from our discussion, but I also know beforehand that Senator Klobuchar believes it's going to pass the Senate. And, Tom, when it does, that's another one that will become law. I'm proud of all of those and so much more. Uh, keep in mind we have an incredible team of caseworkers on staff that help dozens of veterans every month to obtain benefits, uh, obtain records, and whatever support might be available to them. And I hope people utilize not only our office, but the other congressional offices in this state as well. So our, for our veterans here in Minnesota's 6th District, which is your district, if they've got some issues and, and they need some help, you've got people on staff that are that are that know how to get that help and know how to give the help and do things to take care of our veterans. Yeah, I'm proud of uh, the work that we do. Alejandra and Barb and everybody who's in that office, uh, they have a wealth of experience. Again, We're lucky in Minnesota because we have uh, all of our congressional offices, I believe, have some pretty solid staff. Uh, But I'm really proud of our people. They they show up every day. And any service member who's got an issue in Minnesota 6th Congressional District should contact us if if they think we can help. Very good, sir. Tom, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to speak more with Congressman Tom Emmer from Minnesota 6th District on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been speaking with Congressman Tom Emmer, who was sworn in to his first term in the United States House of Representatives on January 6, 2015, currently serving his fourth term in the 6th District of Minnesota. And Tom, 6th District, that covers quite a bit of the kind of the west side of the Twin Cities. Can you can you describe it for our listeners? Yeah. I, I, today, and this will change effective January 1st of next year, because of the redistricting that we just went through. But today, uh, the 6th the District of Minnesota includes the northern half of Washington County, about 90 to 95% of Anoka County. Uh, it includes uh, all of Sherburne County. It includes St. Cloud or Stearns County out to the eastern border of Painesville. It includes all of Wright County, and it includes the uh, western half of Carver. What will change uh, as we go into the next Congress is the 6th District will now, going from west back to east, I just did east to west, it will include all of Carver, it will still include all of uh, Wright County and all of Sherburn, and I'm sorry, I left out Benton, it includes Benton, uh, but then Saint uh, the uh, uh, Stearns County will push all the way in from the west to just the west side of Sartell. So we'll have the bulk of the population from Stearns County, but most of that uh, rural Minnesota uh, part of that county is going into the 7th District. And then as you go across, uh, it'll have Anoka County still. But interesting, they carved out just the city of Anoka. Why? I'm not sure. But just the city of Anoka has been put into uh, the 3rd District, which is currently Dean Phillips. And then uh, the uh, northern half of Washington County will go into uh, Minnesota's 8th Congressional District, which is Pete Stauber. So ours will now no longer go all the way to the Wisconsin border. It will stop uh, with Anoka County. 
But in that district that you just described, there's some great folks live out that way. Oh, I, I'm I mean, telling you, I, there's great folks all across Minnesota. But the uh, the two, I do find it interesting that we took uh, that our our Supreme Court or our court that did the redistricting took just the city of Anoka and put it in the third because it doesn't seem to fit there. Uh, and that's great. We'll continue to do work for uh, the folks in Anoka, and I'm sure uh, the current representative in the third will will do good work, uh, assuming he's there starting the next Congress. The one that's interesting to me is think about Minnesota's 8th congressional district now, represented by Pete Stauber out of Herbentown, Minnesota. It's now about five to six hours of a drive from the north half of Washington County all the way to the angle in Minnesota, the northern angle. All right, Tom, we're, we're getting close to violating that first rule, no politics here. But Oh, I'm I wanna, sorry, I was just doing geography. Yeah, geography, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, but within the, the territory and all the people you take care of, uh, we're lucky here in Minnesota to have a couple of really great VA medical centers in the Twin Cities and in St. Cloud compared to the rest of the country that – a lot of folks like down in Arizona, they're having a terrible time. No, I, I'm I'm very fortunate and privileged, honored to be able to represent one of those uh, two VAs that we're talking about. Obviously, the uh, Minneapolis VA has a, a phenomenal reputation. It's a wonderful uh, a resource and institution that provides uh, so many things to our veterans here in Minnesota and beyond, I would argue. But St. Cloud is right there with it. Mm-hmm. And St. Cloud is, uh, you know, obviously... I've uh, gotten intimately familiar with St. Cloud over the last almost decade of, uh, of serving the people in the district. Uh, we are very fortunate. I think uh, I won't try to improve on your words. We're really fortunate to have not just one great uh, VA in this state, but two, and then all the related entities that uh, that spin off of that. And, of course, the DAV in Minnesota is. Uh Got about 40 vans out there helping those veterans get to their medical appointments. And Minnesota's way ahead, I think, of the rest of the station or states and taking care of our veterans and getting their medical appointments and and uh, just looking out for them. So that's got to make you feel good as, a, as an elected official out in Congress. Right, that dates all the way back to my uh, short time in the Minnesota State Legislature. I think uh, elected officials in this state, because remember, a lot of uh, elected officials, one of my great colleagues who's retiring is uh, Bob Detmer out of the Forest Lake area. Uh, Bob brought his experience, his uh, decades of military uh, experience with him to the legislature, which helped a lot of us that didn't have that background understand issues specific to those veterans and their families. And I think uh, I think you're right. I think Minnesota has always been ahead of the curve, uh, but we're still getting better. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the Veterans Omnibus Bill that the state legislature passed this year. First time ever, I think, Tom. We're speaking with Congressman Tom Emmer on Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, Congressman, I understand you're a member of the National Guard Caucus. Can you tell us what that's about and, and what you do there? Well, the uh, our National Guardsmen and women not only defend our freedom, Tom, as you know, but uh, they also serve as an important connection between our communities and the armed services, right? Our, our communities... In general, uh, we were talking about uh, a couple of kids who are close to me who I know their future probably will involve transitioning from active duty service, right, into a National Guard position where they will continue to serve not only the state of Minnesota but beyond and at the same time be embedded in our communities. Uh, so the National Guard, uh, pretty pretty important not just to our country, not just to our state, but our local communities. And uh, you and I just talked about one, 
I mean, I could be talking about uh, our folks up in St. Cloud, but very quickly, we'll talk about the 133rd because that was something that the uh, the National Guard Caucus was involved in, not only the uh, the Minnesota delegation, but in trying to advocate so they did not reduce the uh, the uh, C-130s uh, that we had at the uh, at the Air Wing in St. Paul. That's some of the things that this caucus gets involved in to try and make sure that our uh, those that are our military decision makers in Washington D.C. have the full benefit of our experience from the local communities and on the ground. And Congressman, I'm sure you're aware that our former Adjutant General, Lieutenant General John Jensen, is now the director of the. Army National Guard for the United States, and he's out in D.C. I imagine you run into him once in a while. That poor guy. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> I, we're I'm happy for him, but uh, you know, moving out to the swamp that's uh, that's pretty tall uh, service. Uh, and by the way, uh, kudos to him and his bride. Uh, they have given above and beyond not only to our state but our country, uh, and we're better for knowing him. I think you would agree. Well, and I think it's it's valuable for the state of Minnesota to have. Uh, one of our former adjutant generals out there and in in that position for the United States and got to be helpful for you when you got a question once in a while let's with without getting a uh, overt about it let's just say it certainly is helpful <laughs> sir yes sir it's good to have friends in high places Tom Tom we just got a couple of minutes left uh, I know that you work to help veterans at every opportunity are you do you think we're doing enough are we taking care of the veterans that have been injured and and hurt while they were while they were in service are, are you satisfied with what Congress is doing on that on that uh, whole uh, sheet? If I were satisfied, I should retire, right? I uh, I think Jackie and I, my bride, I, when we uh, we started this political thing more than a decade ago, almost two decades ago, uh, veterans were the issue. It was really interesting. Jackie uh, took to the veterans without getting political in a certain statewide race I was involved in more than a decade ago and we knew this was going to be our issue if we did that job Uh, and we didn't end up doing that job I did radio I ended up getting elected to Congress it has been the issue since we've been in Congress and it will continue to be the issue Uh, no I, I think we're doing good things for our veterans Tom but I don't think you can ever do enough I think uh it's up to the veterans to be telling us if they think that we're doing the job uh, that they expect. And, you know, uh, God forbid that anybody like me would say, well, yeah, I'm satisfied. Boy, uh, we're doing everything we can for you. No, no. Trick question for you, Tom. Yeah. Trick question. Yeah, you know. We've got about a minute left, and we appreciate all the things you've done for veterans while you've been out in Congress and back here in Minnesota. You've got a big family, but you've got a couple of children that are serving now. I do. I was bragging about them earlier. My, I love them both, obviously, but they're uh, numbers uh, five and six out of seven. Uh, Joe is a uh, just completed his third year at the Naval Academy. Uh, he's on his way to uh, test out that uh, SEAL training in uh, San Diego uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, and then Bill, uh, William Justice, because uh, after all, who could be against justice? He just uh, He's a Marine. He just got back from six months uh, in uh, Okinawa. And uh, I'll say this because everybody who's listening to this show might appreciate this. I was peppering Bill with questions last fall before he left on his deployment. You know, what? what's it like? What's the uh, life like? Who are the people like? What's the job like? Everything else. Bill finally stopped me, looked at me and said, hey, Dad, if you have any humility at all, the Marines are easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
I'm gonna I let thought that you'd one appreciate pass. that. I'm going to let that one pass. <laughs> Tom, we just got a few seconds left, but uh, I know that if you had a chance, you'd be telling all of our listeners that if you're a veteran, you need some help, you need anything in uh, at Congress, get a hold of your office and, and your people will take care of them. Yeah, remember, you've got 12 uh, customer service representatives, two senators, and eight uh, members of the U.S. House of Representatives. And uh, Tom Lyon's rule, no politics involved. These offices are all set up to help you. The veteran and his or her family, uh, you have a need, you have something that comes up, whether it involves the VA, benefits, uh, anything that you might be challenged with, uh, utilize us. We're there for you. We're supposed to be helping you. Give us a chance to do that. Tom, thanks for serving and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Tom. This is Congressman Tom Emmer on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to check on the legislative process in Minnesota so far this year. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to get a state legislative wrap-up so we can find out everything that happened at the state legislature that affects veterans this year. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. As we near the 4th of July, I'm reminded of the 24-note bugle call, also known as TAPS. Our current version was likely created during the Civil War by Union General Daniel Adams Butterfield. He decided the French lights-out music was too formal for the daily end-of-day signal. He hummed a version to an aide, who transcribed it to music. General Butterfield then directed the brigade bugler, Oliver Norton, to play the notes, and he made further adjustments to the length of each note. This new call was then played at the end of each day, instead of the regulation call, word spread, and other buglers adopted the same call. It was even adopted by Confederate buglers. This music was made the official Army bugle call shortly after the war ended, but was not given the name TAPS until 1874. TAPS Out is now played at all military burial and memorial services to accompany the lowering of the flag and to symbolize Lights Out Command at day's end. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Ben Johnson serves as the Legislative Director for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. He joined the agency in 2014 and is responsible for legislative and government relations, development of agency policy initiatives, supporting the agency's biannual budget and capital investment requests, and general oversight of the agency legislative strategies. Ben, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks. Happy to be here. Ben, you look pretty good. Uh, we just finished the legislative session, and you don't look uh, too, too much worse for the wear. It was, it was a, it's always a busy part time of the year, isn't it? It generally is, but uh, fortunately for Minnesota veterans this year, we got all of our stuff done a little bit early. You know, the last few years uh, we've been talking about this and talking about uh, the agenda from the CTF, the Commander's Task Force, and it seems like everything got held off till the end of the year, and it was all put into a, a hugely political omnibus bill or two at the end of the session, and you never knew what was going to stick or what was not going to stick, and, and the leadership wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't give you a whole lot of information. They'd just say, we're working on it, we're working on it. This year something happened, and we got a separate bill with the veterans' legislation. How'd that come about? Well, we really do got to give a lot of credit to uh, Senator Andrew Lang and Representative Rob Eklund. Uh, Those are the chairs of the veterans' committees in both the Senate and the House. Uh, Those two worked uh, behind the scenes and then worked with their leadership to pull out the veterans' initiatives that had been considered as uh, supplemental budget items and to put together a veterans' omnibus bill this year. I understand uh, an outgoing legislator, Bob Detmer, was in the thick of that fight, too, and... uh, 
What a great opportunity. First, Is it the first time ever we've had a separate piece of legislation just for veterans? That's correct. It's uh, it- uh, in recent memory, we haven't had a standalone veterans omnibus bill. It's probably been decades since there's been something like this. And now it happened, and I understand that in the House it passed 121 to 1, and in the Senate it passed 64 to none. The politics came out of the whole deal, didn't it? it that's exactly right. Uh, it was one of those areas that for years we've been saying uh, politics shouldn't play a part in those final discussions. It really should be bipartisan. Um, and this year they really came through for us, and it was something that, uh, save one vote, it would have been completely unanimous. So, Ben, every year part of that uh, legislation uh, is going to be the budget for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and part of it's the budget for the Minnesota Department of Military Affairs. That was in there. I understand they were treated, you, you got pretty much what you asked for. Is that true? Yes. This year uh, was a supplemental budget bill year. So uh, in in addition to some policy changes, we also were pursuing, uh, with the support of the Commander's Task Force, uh, supplemental budget items, specific areas of extra spending. And that was the goal for us this year was to try and get some of these new areas of uh, spending included. And of course, in years past, we were doing things like trying to get uh, uh, military uh, retirement pay excluded from state taxation. We got that done. We did some things to try to help uh, military spouses when the veteran died to continue with the special uh, real estate tax solutions. Every year it seems like we've been getting some good things done, but this year we've got a whole list of them done, including there was a one-time item to help support the uh, commissioning of the USS Minneapolis-St. Paul. That's correct. I was uh, fortunate enough to be up there last weekend for the uh, commissioning ceremony uh, the bill included $200,000 to support that event, um, something that uh, the agency is really proud of, and we were happy to see the Department of Military Affairs support that as well. And we like to cover that on Minnesota Military Radio. We covered the commissioning of the USS Minnesota and, of course, the commissioning of the USS Minneapolis-St. Paul. And the Navy League really does a good job of supporting those sailors and submariners that are that uh, have our name on them. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some of those folks back here. And that's quite a ship, isn't it? It's, it's an amazing thing. I, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, uh, really sort of brought that nostalgia forward for me, having spent six years active duty Navy, three years on a destroyer, seeing a uh, haze grain underway was really something. If, especially being in the Navy, you must have really liked that. We're talking to Ben Johnson, who's the legislative director for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs on Minnesota Military Radio. Now, Ben, uh, you know, when I got back from Vietnam 50 years ago, it seems to me the state of Minnesota gave me a little little bonus for serving in combat and I understand that uh, those that served in World War One, World War Two, a lot of those in the in the past got uh, that kind of bonus. Did we get one of those passed again this year? Absolutely, we did. Uh, this is a, a really important piece of uh, legislation. It was funding for the post nine eleven. Uh, uh, global War on Terrorism bonus. So this is uh, for those from Minnesota who served over the last 20 years. Uh, and it is a program that amends existing statute and appropriates some money to get out to, into the hands of people who have served from Minnesota uh, in the, the uh, post 9-11 service era. And I understand there's a, a couple of small restrictions you needed to have uh, been a Minnesotan when you went into the or, or went deployed and you need to be a Minnesota when when you apply for this bonus. Correct. Our, our goal is to serve Minnesota veterans, so those criteria are important, that you that uh, Minnesota was your home of record when you entered service and that you're a current resident of the state. And when will that open up so that they can apply? Uh, we're looking for an opening on uh, online application portals on July the 7th, and uh, we'll begin, um, begin doing things like this, getting that information out there uh, so people can find the website and get um, their, their documents submitted for eligibility applications and so forth. 
Now, is that going to be through the MDVA, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs website, or a separate uh, site? Th- that's correct. Be on your website then? Yes. All right, very good. Just want to be clear. So come July, check out the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs website and get in there and get that bonus. I think some, some folks fought really hard for that. And, Ben, I understand that uh, there's some other funds involved here. We've got uh, three new veterans homes that, uh, that are under construction, and did we get a little more money for those? Absolutely, we did. Uh, really want to extend some gratitude to the legislature for understanding uh, the cost of materials have, has really increased over the last couple of years. We're about at the 30 to 40 percent uh, completion for each of the three new veterans homes in Bemidji, Montevideo, and Preston. Because of the increases in these costs, uh, we went back to the legislature and said, uh, could you help us out a little bit more? Uh, and they did more than that. We, we asked for two separate pots of money uh, one was to do the what we call furniture, fixtures, and equipment. These are uh, materials that are necessary to open these uh, new homes. Uh, we also got an additional $16 million to put back some items that were important from the community's perspective that we had to eliminate due to budget constraints. So uh, $26 plus million in additional construction funding for these three new homes. So we got lucky on a couple of counts. Number one, there was a big budget surplus. And number two, we had this separate veterans omnibus bill, and, and we were able to score a few hits here to make sure we can finish up those homes. Do we? Do you know, do we still have a waiting list for veterans who want to get into the homes? We, we do have waiting lists at our existing homes, um, and it's something that we're hoping that the three new homes coming online next year will help, will help alleviate. And, of course, the reason for those homes being spread across the state is to try to keep the veterans closer to their families so they can go visit which is also the reason that we've built three new veteran cemeteries over the last decade. And there's a fourth one coming on, and I understand you got a little more money for that too. We did. Uh, we received $4.5 million in construction funding last year to top off what we had received from the federal government. This is the new cemetery going in just east of Redwood Falls, Minnesota. Uh, what we went back to the legislature for this year was we're ahead of schedule in terms of construction. We're looking to do a soft opening Veterans Day this year, 2022, but we didn't have enough operational funding within the cemetery's operating budget. Uh, the legislature came through with a requested uh, $830,000 to make sure that that new cemetery opens and is uh, staffed and ready to go. Very good. So our veterans, uh, when their time comes, they, the families now have a choice of using the National Cemetery in the Twin Cities or go to the, any of the three soon-to-be four state cemeteries. And, of course, the reason for them, once again, is on days like Memorial Day and other days, you want to go see your veteran. It's closer to home, and it's, and it's easier for our families to do. Ben, we've got to take a short break. When we come back, I want to check in a little more on this Veterans Omnibus Bill. We're talking to uh, Ben Johnson, the MDVA Legislative Director on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Ben Johnson, who is the Legislative Director for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, about what's called the Veterans Omnibus Bill. For the first time ever, the state legislature in this past session put together a separate bill for all the legislative initiatives that uh, uh, Ben was over there asking about, along with the Commander's Task Force. They had a list of things they were after. And, of course, as we said, Ben, uh, that's the time of year where you get your budgets approved for the Department of Veterans Affairs and Department of Military Affairs. And uh, there's some additional things we didn't talk about that were covered in there. And I understand that the legislature provided MACV, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, with some additional funding so that we could uh, help beat veterans' homelessness. You're absolutely right, Tom. And uh, ending veterans' homelessness remains one of the highest priorities of our agency. Um, As of today, the Homeless Veterans Registry still has 266 veterans on it. 
So the additional funding that uh, we sought through the, the legislature this year was, uh, in addition to MACV, was also to support some existing programs. Uh, what we're trying to do is find uh, permanent and temporary supportive housing for veterans uh, dealing with homelessness. We're looking for opportunity to do additional outreach. We're always looking for additional opportunities to reach existing landlords and um, provide them with some supplemental um, supplemental funding to try and make sure that they have what they need in order to rent uh, existing units to uh, veterans in need. So we continue to work on a couple of the priorities for the governor and the commissioner, and that's veterans homelessness, eliminate that, and eliminate or, or slow down uh, veteran suicides. And, and uh, had a pretty good year at the legislature on this. Uh, I understand that you've got some additional funds uh, to help with the county veteran service officers. Uh, yes, it had been a, a number of years since the grants that uh, MDVA uses to support uh, Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers and the local CVSOs. It had been a number of years since we'd had an increase there, so we worked with uh, MAC VSO to uh, increase the amount uh, that they're receiving um, and also uh, to create a new program where any unexpended funds out of that grant program uh, could be utilized for competitive grants for CVSOs. If uh, CVSO has a new idea for serving veterans, uh, they'll be able to come to us and work on a, a grant proposal to get some additional funding for some new or novel opportunities to serve. And, of course, as we've said many times in this radio, the first stop for any veterans that need any help is go see your county veteran service officer because they make it their business to know where the resources are and how to help you. So if you can help them get a little funding so they can take care of the veterans, it all works out well, doesn't it, Ben? Yes, sir, absolutely. And then uh, we've made reference a couple of times this morning to uh, the Commander's Task Force, which is made up of the eight federally chartered veteran service organizations and I know that the commissioner and prior commissioners kind of refer to the CTF as their board of directors because it's the commanders and the presidents of all of those veteran service organizations. I understand you got some funding for them too. Uh, we did, but I would say that they, they were able to help get the funding for themselves. It really was through their advocacy that uh, much of this was able to happen this year. Um, similar to the uh, county veteran service officers, the commander's task force had not received an increase in their grant appropriation in quite a number of years. Um, and so what we tried to do is both increase the amount of, uh, available to those CVS uh, veteran service organizations, but also to actually create a grant program in statute. Uh, in years past, it had been a line item or a rider in our budget bill saying uh, X amount of dollars is available to these veteran service organizations in the amount previously provided. So what we did this year was actually create a new statutory section under the uh, MDVA sections uh, and there, therefore, we have now a statutory authority that is uh, obvious and open for all to see and how these uh, groups uh, access the funds and what they can use them for. Ben, it would seem that the recent Veterans Day on the Hill that was over at the Capitol uh, must have went well because uh, the, the result with this Veterans Omnibus Bill was fantastic. Uh, April 20th, Veterans Day on the Hill at, at Minnesota at the Capitol was a really great turnout. We were really happy to see so many folks come in from greater Minnesota to, to support this effort. And it seems that the legislature, legislature heard us loud and clear uh, standing in the rotunda at the Capitol saying, we want a Veterans Omnibus Bill, we should get this done. And they, they came through for us. Ben, we just got about 30 seconds left. Any final thoughts? Uh, well, we've been praising a lot of the stakeholders and legislators, but I, I would uh, be remiss if I didn't say thank you to the leadership of uh, Governor Tim Walz. He's, uh, he is a veteran. He served many years, and that doesn't hurt to have him in office either, does it? it it's great to get him a, a nice clean bill on his desk and say, sir, please sign this. Well, thanks, Ben. Ben, appreciate you spending some time with us, giving us a report on all the great things that happened in the state legislature this year. Thank you, Tom.
That was Ben Johnson, the Legislative Director for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Joining me now is Marty Howes, who is the Roseville County Veteran Service Officer and the current President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. Marty, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Great to be here today. It's it's another great day in the world of veteran services. Well, Marty, we just uh, finished a couple interviews about federal and state legislation that affect our veterans. And uh, for the first time ever, the Minnesota legislature passed a veterans omnibus bill, and it was nearly unanimous. I don't know about you, but I got pretty excited about that. You know, I did. I did too, Tom. It, it, it's we're very thankful to have the support for the veterans that we have here in the state of Minnesota, and uh, and there's going to be some uh, that's going to come into effect. I believe it's July seventh, and on Thursday, uh, June second is when the governor uh, d- did sign that, and so stuff will be coming out. More information's to come, but the total, I think. Maybe I don't know if you had spoken about it before or not, but it was twenty-four million eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars in bonuses. So we should back up for a minute now. Uh, uh, the state of Minnesota, in decades past, just like when I was over in Vietnam, paid out some bonuses to Vietnam veterans, and they'd done that for World War II. And in this veterans omnibus bill, they passed the veterans bonus for the current uh, era veterans. Correct. Yes, yes, that's true. It was for those, uh, those bonuses will go out to those who served on active duty between September 11th of 2001 to August 30th of 2021, including those who are still serving and are Minnesota residents. It, you also would have had to have been a Minnesota resident at the time of entry into service. It will also include, you know, Gold Star families, uh, survivors and beneficiaries uh, of the veterans who meet the eligibility criteria. Since the go live date isn't until uh, I believe it's the, the seventh or it could be the sixth. Um, you know, it's good for veterans to stay in touch with their county veteran service officer, pay attention to the news, listen to Minnesota Military Radio and find out where it is that they can, you know, determine whether or not they qualify or not for this uh, for this bonus. Uh, Marty Ben Johnson from the MDVA was just on, and he told me that uh, starting in July that they'll have a, a, a part of their website open from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs where you can go online and apply for this veterans bonus. So I'm sure there'll be more information coming out on that. But uh, as you say, talk to your county veteran service officers, get ready to apply at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs website and uh, and collect up that bonus. That that's right, Tom. And you know, one of the great things about that is the fact that e- even if you don't maybe have a computer or you're not that very computer illiterate, uh, you can come see your county veteran service officer. We're going to help you out, and uh, we can help facilitate some of that for you too. So we're here to make it easy. Very good, Marty. We only got a couple minutes left. I understand you've got a couple of job openings for county veteran service officers. You know, Tom, we do. Uh, one of them that's uh, just coming up is going to be in Isanti County. That's going to be for a CVSO position. And for those that 
that that might not know exactly where that is. It's just north of the Twin Cities. Uh, uh, would be Isani would be one of the towns, and Cambridge, Minnesota would be another one. So uh, just north there. And uh, if you're if you're looking to maybe move a little south and east of the cities, Goodhue County is hiring, and that's. Uh, that's the city of Goodhue and Red Wing and Cannon Falls, and that one is posted, and I believe it closes on the uh, 15th, so uh, quite a job. I think it starts at around $69,000 uh, and uh, pays up to up to ninety nine. so it's it's not a bad job, but it's it's got a lot of responsibility with that one there. So, Marty, where can our listeners go to find information on those two positions? You know... The best places to go if you're looking um, for something that is to look up a county that you're interested in and, and search through there and and uh, and uh, they'll have uh, the postings on there on the on the county websites themselves. So there is uh, sometimes some of that get, does get posted on uh, MACVSO.org, which is our association. Uh, and it's usually there, too, for those to find it. Thank you, Marty. For our listeners then, Goodyear County and Isani County looking for new county veteran service officers. So if you're interested in helping our veterans, check those out. Marty, we're out of time. I'd like to thank you for visiting with us again on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you very much, Tom. It was really a pleasure to be here. And uh, you take care of yourself, and I hope good things for all our veterans out there. Thank you, sir. There's Marty Howes, the Roseau County Veteran Service Officer and the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Representative Tom Emmer, Ben Johnson from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Marty Howes from the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about the 100th anniversary of Federal Ammo and get an update from a Yellow Ribbon Company. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. MilitaryRadio.com.